Welcome to the Flourishing Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joy Jones, and we are so excited that you've decided to tune in today. We have an awesome podcast episode in store. We encourage you to share this and invite your family members and friends to tune in. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. We would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on our social media or email us at info at flourishing.church. Continuing on with the Thou Shalt Flourish series, Pastor Israel Campbell has an inspiring message for us all. So let's get to it. Good morning, Flourishing Church. Oh, what an incredible week we just had. Good Friday service overlooking the sunset and then, of course, Easter Sunday in our parking lot. Wow, wow, wow. And then this morning, here you are after an incredible last night, we actually had our first kind of soft opening, getting the worship, what was normally outdoors, indoors, getting it all set up for next Sunday. We are back live in-person services. We're so excited. And those of you who have been streaming, don't stress, don't fret. We're still going to stream. But what's best is you'll get to see it at the same time as those that are live because we have updated our cameras, our video switchers. Our production team is absolutely amazing, working almost nonstop for like the last month, running wires, checking out equipment, throwing away uh, faulty equipment, reordering equipment that was working, and so they're just phenomenal. But I just want to quickly almost recap or just continue a little bit of our Easter theme, our sermon series for this month, which is Thou Shalt flourish. And I love it. I hope you picked up some merch. You've got your shirt that says thou shalt flourish and you are wearing your flourishing sunglasses. And uh, I just think it is such a prophetic word. And like I said, Easter Sunday, we oftentimes always focus on the thou shalt nots. But I believe that this is a season that we should begin to focus on the thou shalt. Come on, thou shalt flourish. And I just love the scripture verse that we talked about just for a little bit last week. And it's actually found in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 26. And the whole story is probably verses 12 through 33. But I'm going to jump right in where it says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named that well Isaac because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. And he moved on from there and dug another well. And the Bible says that no one quarreled over it. And he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. From there, he went up to Beersheba. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will bless you and your children, and I will increase the number of your descendants for my servant's sake 
Abraham, Isaac, built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. Verse 33 says, And that day Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. They said, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. And to this day, the name of the town has been called Beersheba. Father God, we just thank you right now for an opportunity to get into your word. And I pray that we would get this word into us, that we would flourish. We would see growth. We would see increase. We would, despite our circumstances and our surroundings, have you and your hand of favor be on our lives in every area in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I love what the New Testament says. Uh, it actually quotes Jesus. And Jesus says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give life and to give it more abundantly. Here we are talking about thou shalt flourish. Almost a paraphrase of what Jesus is saying. That hey, the enemy, the devil, the world will try to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give life. I've come to cause you to flourish and to not just have life, but to have life more abundantly. And I'm just believing and praying that we would, as we're kind of coming out of a hibernation of COVID, uh, kind of as more people are being vaccinated and, and our rates keep on dropping and schools are opening and sports arenas are beginning to open again and, and churches is coming back and we're opening all these things, I pray that you and I will get inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, and, and have an attitude of come on family, come on emotions, come on soul, we are going to flourish. And so taking that scripture verse uh, 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 about the wells, I just want to break it down today just with a couple different things. Now, I believe it or not, I know something about wells. I know, I, I, look at me, I'm trying to be L.A. with my holy jeans and I got my, my old school Nikes on and, and, and uh, uh, all of that. But I used to live, our family pastored in North Carolina for 10 years. We lived in Wilson, North Carolina, about 45 minutes away from the big city of Raleigh and our house actually had a well. I know. Can you believe it? And it was, uh, we didn't even really know it was a well until we bought the house. And where our house was, across the street, had city water, city sewer. And on our side, we had a well and a septic tank. That's just, we were out in the country, I guess. And I actually had called the city to say, hey, can you just throw that water across the street and hook up our house so we don't have to even worry about all that? And they said, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was like $26,000 is what they said. And I just said, nope, well, water is fine. Well, one day, not too long after that, the city was actually connecting to our house fiber optic cable and they cut 
one of the pipes to the well and the well actually started to go dry and we didn't realize that that had happened and we went to go turn on our water and I mean the brownest water you have seen looked like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like chocolate was coming out and it was because the clay of the well had crumbled into the water and then our everything was oh my goodness it was a hot mess well you know what happened the city had to fix some of our plumbing then they actually to make up for it ran that $26,000 line to our house and it was awesome because we were in the county so I paid county taxes but I got all the benefits of living in the big city of Wilson. So, when we talk about this story about wells, I feel like, man, I have some, I have some street cred because I used to live on a house with a well. If you've lived in Southern California or LA for any amount of time, you probably don't even know about a well like I do. But I, I love this story because I can remember what happened to our well by accident. And the Bible says here that the enemy was actually trying to destroy the wells that Isaac was redigging that were actually of his father. And I just want to just, just quickly just talk about four things. If we're talking about thou shalt flourish, I just want you from this text to get some things inside of your heart and, and hopefully they would be practical that you and I can begin to walk out and we can start seeing ourselves flourish in some areas. The first thing that I would just bring to your attention is that there will always be a battle for you and I to flourish. What did John 10.10 said? It says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, but I've come to give life and to give it more abundant. This great paradox of what the enemy and what Jesus stands for. And I just want to let you know that for you and I to flourish, for thou shalt flourish, and we're going to hold on to that, there's going to be some opposition. It's not going to be easy. In fact, as soon as you even say the words or as soon as you even grab a hold of this thought by faith, I'm just warning you, there will be opposition. And I'm not trying to be a doomsayer, but I'm also trying to say, come on, put those shoulders back, put that head up, and when there's opposition, just know that, come on, I must be on the right trail. I must be on the right track. Because of this opposition to me flourishing, it often, instead of being something that discourages us, it can encourage us that, man, I must be doing something right. I always quote it. You've heard me flourishing church, but I think the 1980s poets, uh, the Beastie Boys said it best, you got to fight for your right to party. Remember that song? Nope. 
all of you millennials don't even know what I'm talking about, but man, it's true. There's going to be a fight for flourishing, and you don't have to get so discouraged and wave the towel and quit. And you know what? 2020 was terrible. 2021 has started out rough, but don't give up because of the opposition. Isaac never gave up. He didn't back down. He understood that the opposition was there for a reason and it was positioning him to flourish later in his life. Come on, how good is that? That's a good time to do some, if you're watching, some hand clap emojis, some amen, some come on, thou shalt flourish, put up some palm tree emojis, do whatever it takes. Isn't that good? The second thing that I love about this is I love the symbol, uh, the symbolism, is that the right word? Symbolism? That would probably be better. Is I love how it says that Isaac redug Abraham's wells. Man, that's so encouraging. You know what that means? That means I don't have to figure it all out on my own. It has already been Dug. How incredible is that? You know, just a side note, when Rachel and I uh, really were seeking God about moving from North Carolina, our well, to L.A., I can remember this scripture verse jumped out to us, and I just felt like, and Rachel felt like, that when we moved here, that we would be actually not digging our own wells, but we would be redigging wells that others had already done. And you know what? Here we are in Hermosa Beach in a building that really the Nazarene organization has dug a well and now we just came in, painted, put our signs and did that. We're so thankful for the tithes and offerings of people 40, 50, 60 years ago believing in God. They dug a well. And then now, we talked about it last week, we talked about that there's a possibility of us taking over a building church in the Torrance Gardena area. Man, these people were seeking God. This was one of the most uh, praying churches we know. They walk in the Spirit of God. They dug some wells. And then now, here we are, partnering on top of the wells they already dug. How cool is that? But really, if we look at the symbolism of it, see, I got the word right this time. If we look at it, it's a type and shadow of the well that Jesus dug 2,000 years ago. I love what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he may bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Spirit. Jesus already dug the well for us. Now all we have to do is by faith receive it. Come on. He, he, the Bible says that he, uh, by his stripes, we are healed. It was because of what he's already done that today we can flourish. We can flourish in our relationship with God. Because of the work of Christ. Come on, we can have the mind of Christ 
because of the work of Calvary. And I think we live in a day and a time that it's always based on what we can do. Man, if we can get the promotion, if we can get the house, if we can get the career, if we can get the education, and all of those things are good, but when we talk about thou shalt flourish, we have to understand that the price has already been paid. It's not something based on our works. It's based on believing and grabbing a hold of what Jesus already did 2,000 years ago. Come on! He already dug it. How's that? That's good. Can you dig it? I should have titled this message, Can You Dig It? That would have been a good title. But, but I, I love that. And at the same time, that, that Christ, in this story, because Abraham already dug a well, I would say that one of the things that I also like about this text is that Isaac kept digging. Come on, say that with me. Say, keep digging. I can't hear you. I, I'm listening to your iPad. I'm listening to your iPhone. I'm listening to your television. Come on, say it very loud with me on the count of three. Say, keep digging. One, two, three. Keep Digging, yeah, you know why I say that? And it's not to contradict what I just said, but yes, Abraham had dug a well and Isaac just went in to redo it. But there was a battle for that. There was a, a, a thing, and the Bible keeps on saying that Isaac and his guys just kept on digging wells, just kept on going in, just kept on digging. And you know what I love about that? Is that you, it's, there's something about that reminds me of the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit talks about fresh rivers, when the Holy Spirit talks about about something fresh. Here it is. We don't just settle for what has happened. We're thankful for it, but we also keep digging because we know that God has something more and God has something fresh. And they kept on digging and they kept on digging. And then they said, hey, now there's room. They kept on digging and now said, Sheba, there, there, there's more than enough. And I think if we're going to have a mentality of thou shalt flourish, we've got to be able to get in our our minds and begin to have an attitude of God we want more and so as next week we come back live come on let's not just hold on to what God did in the years past come on let's stir up our faith for more as we go to another campus and we have two come on let's stir our faith for more let's have a mentality that we're going to continue to dig because we want more and more of God and the Holy Spirit doing something fresh. Come on, more in our worship, more with our kids' ministries. Come on, more with our youth, more with our outreach. I want more. How about you? Come on, I want to see God do more. And the last point, come on, I'm doing pretty good on time. The last point that I would say that I love about this passage of Scripture is it says that Isaac came and he had a sacrifice and he brought it to the altar. Oh, I love it. I guess maybe it's my testimony. I guess maybe it's Rachel's testimony. I guess it's so many people that I know at Flourishing Church's testimony of living one way, going one direction, trying to do it all on their own. But the altar represents a place of surrender and it represents a place of sacrifice and it represents a place 
of transformation. I once heard uh, 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 Rick Warren uh, say this, and I don't know if I got the full quote, but this is the gist of what he said. He said, if when you became a Christian, you are still doing the original plans that you felt like you were supposed to do when you first became a Christian, you may not now be a fully committed Christian. And he, go, he went on to say how he was explaining it is that the life and the, uh, the Christian walk of being a Christian is a consistent sacrificial, not my will, but your will, a consistent coming to the altar and saying, God, it's all yours. And I think sometimes we lose that, that in the beginning, we kind of just have a plan and then we just hold on to our thoughts. We hold on to our ideas. We hold on to how we want God to do it. And a true Christian, a person that truly flourishes, thou shalt flourish, is a person who is consistently surrendering consistently coming to the altar and saying, not my will, but your will, God, be done in my life. And that's what Isaac did. And it's so interesting to me that as soon as he went to the altar, as soon as he began to sacrifice, as soon as he began to surrender, that's where they found the well. They named the town Beersheba. I want to be the kind of person that the older I get as being a Christian, the more surrendered I am. I want my life to look completely different than how it started because I want my life to be marked by the times I say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Come on, how good is that? There's just a couple of things that I want to pray with you today as we close quickly. Number one, I want to pray with you if you're facing opposition. I am, when I say, uh, come on, you're facing opposition and, and know that you're in the right thing, I, I know that that can sound callous sometimes and that can sound like I, we don't care or uh, everybody's doing that. No, I, friend, you're probably going through something that's very difficult and very tough and I'm not trying to, to lighten it at all or, or try to somehow say it's not a big deal. And I wanna pray with you because I believe God can strengthen you that even during the opposition, you can still flourish. And so would you just do something with me? If that's you, you're just like, Israel, man, I am. You don't even know. You don't even know. What did we talk about last week? Drama? <laughs> well, you don't even know the drama. You don't even know the trauma. Hey, I want to pray with you. And God is going to strengthen you to get through this opposition. Oftentimes, he doesn't remove the opposition. He just strengthens us to get through the opposition. I want to pray for you. So just come on, put out your hands like this. Father God, I pray for every person right now that is facing resistance, opposition. Jesus, I thank you that your word says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you've come to give life and to give life more abundant. God, I pray for abundant life, abundant power, abundant strength, so that we could live life and we could live it more abundant in Jesus' name. Come on. I love that story. We close that Isaac came to the altar, a place of sacrifice, a place of surrender. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to pray with you and for you right now. And it's a very simple prayer. Just close your eyes right now 
and we're going to say a quick little prayer. It's a very simple prayer. Just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Come on, repeat it after me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Today I come to the altar. Today I surrender. I give you my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my past. I repent of the way I used to live. And from today on, I'm going to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that was a very simple prayer, but it was a very powerful prayer. You know, Isaac came to that altar, and the very next verse says there was a change. There was transformation. Can I tell you even more? The prayer that you just said. When you called out to Jesus and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior and you surrendered your life to him, can I tell you, your life will never be the same. And hey, we want to help you. In fact, you can uh, text us. We've got some numbers you can text us. We've got some ways that you can get a hold of us uh, by email, info at flourishing.church. But if you made that decision, let us know today. We'd love to get you a Bible. We'd love to connect you with one of our flourishing groups. We'll do whatever it takes to see thou shalt flourish. Thank you so much for listening to the Flourishing Church Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share with your family members and friends. If you have any prayer requests, please submit them on our app and website so we can be praying with you and for you. For more information on Flourishing Church, please visit flourishing.church. Tune in next week for another amazing podcast episode. We hope you all have a blessed week.